Uh, thank you to the Society for having us this morning, and uh, it's, it's my pleasure uh, to get to introduce the newbies on the committee and ask them to step forward and um, introduce themselves to you all and tell a little bit about their district. In Kansas, if you don't know, I represent the second district. We run from uh, Nebraska down to Oklahoma. We're basically the eastern third of the state, uh, with the exception of the greater Kansas City area. And I am a CPA by profession. 25 years ago when tax reform was done, I was on the tax floor, uh, anxious uh, for the job security that that bill brought. Uh, <laughs> but now uh, I came to Congress uh, with one goal being uh, to turn the tax code upside down and see some major reforms to uh, simplify it, uh, broaden the base, uh, flatten it out a bit. Uh, the chairman is fond of saying uh, the code is twice the size of the Bible with no good news, and, uh, and folks at home get that. And so uh, I, I will die a happy woman if we can uh, achieve tax reform uh, during my short tenure in Congress. Uh, I know there are uh, many Kansans that want to see this goal achieved uh, from our uh, aircraft manufacturers who are trying to compete internationally and very much are concerned about uh, moving to a territorial system uh, to the small business men and women who still cannot figure out why they are paying alternative minimum tax uh, to our farm and uh, rural folks who are only concerned about being able to pass uh, their farms on to the next generation and are concerned about what the, the death tax uh, might do to them. You know, so we've got some uh, heavy lifting to do in the uh, years ahead, and I'll look forward to working uh, with many in this room uh, to help achieve that. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for the opportunity to be with you this morning, and it was good to hear Dave Camp as well from a committee perspective to get an update from him, and he's really a tremendous chairman, and we're all uh, very thankful that we have an opportunity to serve with him on the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, I'll be very brief. My district's outside of Philadelphia. As Lynn said, it's a very competitive district, a D-plus-4 district. Uh, President Obama got about 59% of the vote in my district in 08. So we're always having to compete very, very hard. But uh, what I really was uh, uh, happy about was the opportunity to leave uh, some of my committee assignments from the past couple cycles and get on Ways and Means for the very purpose that Lynn just suggested that we do have a great opportunity in the majority to start pushing tax reform, which is so important not only to our economy generally, but for our individual districts. My district is one where we have a lot of biotech, biomed, medical device, uh, pharmaceutical, but also steel, agriculture, uh, a really diverse economy. And as Lynn mentioned, uh, just talking to our constituents, they talk over and over and over again about the things that they have to face from a tax code, regulatory burdens, health care costs, all of that that's preventing them from moving forward with growing their business. And so uh, I have a little simple formula that sort of come to get, came together in my head that demonstrates that we must be on the right track, and it's 1.4 million, 3.8 million, 9 equals 70. And really what that means is we had a tax code with 1.4 million words in it in 2001. We now have a tax code with 3.8 million words in it as of this year. We also have a 9% unemployment rate that seems to just be stagnant at that, uh, at that level. And when I did a tele-town hall meeting in my district the other night to ask them, do you think we ought to have tax reform 
generally, and it was a very positive yes. And then I did a survey question, how many believe we ought to reduce the corporate rate from 35% to 25%? And they hit one or two on their telephone keypad to vote. It came back 70% agreed that we ought to lower our corporate tax rate from 35 to 25% in order to create jobs. So when you're getting that kind of feedback uh, from your, your constituents, recognizing where we are with our economy, and the fact that they know that this tax code has become a monstrosity uh, and a real burden to economic growth, uh, you know you're on the right track of hopefully getting something good done. So I look forward to working with my colleagues. They're a great group of people, uh, really just a lot of good camaraderie on our committee. And as I said, Dave Camp, with his great leadership, hopefully will allow us all to work together and make some positive things happen. So thanks for having me. Lynn, I'll turn it back to you, and thanks for your kind introduction. Uh, it is great to be with you. I want to thank the, the Rippon Society for all the work that, that they do uh, um, uh, for their, the time that they've been in existence. It is incredibly important to make certain that our, our expansion of our tent is as big as possible uh, and sticking to principle uh, every single day, and that's what the Rippon Society does. Uh, um, I also want to uh, thank all of you for, uh, for coming this morning and for helping us get up to speed on all of the issues that we have uh, to deal with. As most of you know, I represent the 6th District of Georgia, which is northern suburban Atlanta. I spent 20 years practicing medicine, orthopedic surgery, and so uh, health care policy and tax policy are my, uh, are my passions. If you look at what the, uh, this Congress has done in this year, um, that has, it has truly accomplished and sent to the President's desk, the vast majority of it has come from our committee. Uh, the 1099 repeal that, uh, that the, uh, the chairman talked about, the 3% uh, uh, withholding uh, uh, repeal that was just passed and will we'll head to the president's desk, the trade bills, uh, these, these are, are substantive issues, and they're coming out of Ways and Means Committee, and I would suggest they're coming out not just because of jurisdiction, but because of the leadership of Dave Camp and, and uh, the folks who assist us uh, all, all across this great town and, and, and great country. I want to share with you just a couple observations about uh, tax policy and, and the select committee um, that you, you may or may not have heard. But I, I, uh, I think it's important to appreciate that November 23rd is a deadline, but it's not the deadline. Um, December 23rd is the deadline. Um, and, and I think regardless of what happens uh, uh, by November 23rd, and it's looking less likely rather than more likely, as you all well know. You can read the tea leaves. Um, I, I think it's wholly possible that by December 23rd that uh, the, uh, the um, uh, sense of responsibility and the dire situation that we find ourselves in from an economic standpoint will uh, hopefully knock on some people's uh, craniums, that's up here, um, and, and wake them up um, and, and uh, uh, allow them to recognize that we've got to get a work product to the floor of the House and the Senate and to the President's desk. Uh, so I, 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 don't, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think the, uh, the calamity of November 23rd is what some people uh, have described. Uh, secondly, let me just suggest to you that uh, if the President's numbers continue to be where they have been for the last 18 months, uh, that uh, it is my... Um, uh, sense that the administration will be looking at the same numbers and that they're going to have to try to put something in their basket that says business friendly. Um, you know, they, they think they're very business friendly. I'm not sure how they come to that conclusion, but they do. Uh, but if they look in that basket that says business friendly, it's pretty empty. Um, and uh, so I think it's wholly possible that we will find ourselves in February, March, April with a president that is, uh, has not ticked up uh, in, in, the, uh, in the polls, 
Um, and for the same reason that I think he threw the Hail Mary on the health care bill going to the Supreme Court, I think he will uh, may indeed say, um, I've got to do something. And territorial taxation or a decrease in the corporate tax rate are two things that they have talked about. Um, and I think it is still possible uh, to get substantive things done uh, in this Congress. So uh, with that, uh, that hope uh, and, uh, and hopefully that change, um, uh, I look forward to working with all of you as we move forward this next year. Thank you so much. God bless. Now, thank you for uh, having us here this morning. It, it's interesting, you know, uh, coming from rural Nebraska, one of the uh, most rural distri districts in the nation, uh, and yet a, a very uh, pragmatic uh, group of folks uh, who understand uh, that, uh, you know, farmers and ranchers probably would not prefer to have a re uh, a, an attorney on retainer, and yet the estate tax with its variability and over the years and so forth uh, almost requires uh, such a thing. If you're going to try to plan around that, that's why we need to address that. That's what they bring up to me uh, the most. Uh, when, when you talk about the, the uh, corporate tax code and, and the need to reform, they, they certainly get it. Of course, I, I tell people that my, my constituents, uh, their most common request is to be left alone, and I tell them that I'm all over that. <laughs> so um, I, I like that. Uh, but also, you know, we, we often hear about um, the effort, and I, and I commend the effort of, of trying to uh, uh, protect the family farm, if you will. Um, I'd, I'd prefer to take that a step further and do all we can to strengthen uh, the family farm, perhaps, uh, and, and have them be more competitive. Uh, and when you see the innovation that actually comes out of agriculture, certainly I, I think we can even see more of that with a more straightforward tax code. And uh, it's, it's actually pretty inspiring when you look at how innovative uh, agriculture is, uh, whether it's uh, using a GPS to, to harvest uh, or plant um, and various other things. Uh, there are a lot of great things going on. And uh, so I, I just think we can take that to the next level with a more straightforward uh, tax code. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a lot of work uh, to do that. But uh, I'm ready because I, I think our economy is ready for that as well. Thank you very much. Um, first of all, I, I want to thank the society, but uh, I also want to thank the leadership of Bill Frenzel because I come from Bill Frenzel's district. He's my predecessor's predecessor. And, uh, you know, this is someone who's got the trade background, the tax background, and really, uh, I'll never forget the email he sent me. He said uh, the most exciting thing that happened uh, after the last election was the Republicans winning control of the, le of the Congress. And the second most uh, exciting thing was me getting on the Ways and Means Committee, <laughs> following in Bill Frenzel's footsteps. But I did beat him by a term in terms of seniority, getting on there, which is uh, something I like to remind him about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, my, my district, so the western suburbs of the Twin Cities. And I am blessed to come from a district that has a, a high number of headquartered companies and the employees of these companies. So if you think of 3M and Medtronic, uh, heavy presence of Boston Scientific, Target, uh, Cargill, and all those employees coming from my area, essentially. And so they are well-educated. They're globally connected. They're aware of uh, why the tax code uh, makes it more challenging for them to compete uh, internationally. And uh, I, I'm a strong advocate for having a pro-growth tax code. I mean, I really do think that the foundation that's being laid by the committee membership from, and, and from the chairman's leadership perspective is so critical because it's not just about fairness or simplicity or reducing complexity, but it is also about competitiveness. And I think that is really critical. And I would really like to see a tax code that promotes savings and investment and hard work and achievement and productivity and risk-taking so we can get our economy back on track. And I really am hopeful that uh, 
the committee's efforts are going to go in that direction. And the, probably the best hour of the week, I tell people this, is Dave Camp's one-hour Ways and Means luncheon that we have with the members only. And we learn more about politics and policy in that hour than at any other time. And it really is a good leadership tool to keep us talking on the same page and, uh, and keep moving forward. And so I think that's why you've got some strength on the committee and why I think there's good direction with the committee. And I appreciate getting to know a lot of you folks and uh, uh, hope we'll be able to continue to do that. So thanks for having me here this morning. Thanks for your work. Thanks, Ed. Hey, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, Dan was asking me, what's this all like? And I'm like, you know, this is a lot different than uh, North Dakota. <laughs> a lot different than Kansas and Nebraska. And I was just thinking as I was sitting here, I mean, this is a, right now, the CR runs out today. So our government is not funded after today. Uh, balanced budget, we're having a press conference of freshmen here in, a, in probably within the hour. I mean, this is the one fundamental thing that I think can change our country and change how we budget. And so the question came up earlier in the balanced budget, and I just, I just feel that this is a, such a critical thing. And, you know, we can argue about what's the perfect amendment, but it's just it's critical, and, and we need to do that. We need to get our country back on track. You know, about 10 years ago in North Dakota, we were in a financial uh, shortfall like many other states. And what we did at that point is we said, you know what, we're going to tighten our belt. We're going to tighten our budget, and we're going to encourage the private sector. I mean, this is the same thing we're hearing out here. But it actually, we didn't know exactly how to do it, kind of like Dave Camp said. We're not quite sure how to do it, but we knew that's what needed to be done. And quite frankly, what we did is we held back on the regulation. We had stability in our taxation. Uh, every time we talked, we talked about how can we help a business grow? How can we help things? How can we encourage them to invest capital and do those things? And it transformed our state. We're at 3.5% three, three unemployment today. Uh, we have uh, our economy, you know, you hear all these presidential plans about whether it's a 2%, 4%, 5% economy growth and what's realistic and what's not realistic. North Dakota's economy grew at 7% last year. Now, what we did is we took those areas that we knew industries that were going to grow, energy, agriculture, and we removed the barriers and encouraged that growth. I get so frustrated out here when I hear, uh, in fact, I heard it just the other day, on the floor of the house, someone got up and said, where is the jobs bill? And every time I hear that, I just cringe because government doesn't create jobs. The private sector creates jobs. And, and it's as simple as this. If government's going to take a dollar to go out and try and create a job, where does it get that dollar? It's taking it out of the economy. It's taking it out of small business. It's taking it out of our pocket so we can't create those jobs. So... Again, from my perspective, it just, it, again, it, it's very simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. We need to create some certainty. We need to have stability in our tax code uh, that's fair, that encourages capital investment. Uh, we're going to have this hearing today on, on, on the territorial system, which I think is key. Uh, this is a big battle. We need to have stability in regulation. So you know if you're going to make an investment, the rules aren't going to change next month. And, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned. I bet 30% of the calls I get are from people back home frustrated with regulation. I mean, it's just we need to get on top of that. This RAINS Act, I think, takes us a big step in the right direction. Um, so, again, not to go on and on. I don't want to overstay my, my welcome here, but just want to thank everyone for what you're doing here. This is a cause that, quite frankly, we're on the right side. Uh, every day, no matter if we have a few victories and a few losses, we have to get this country turned around. 
$15 trillion in debt, a $15 trillion economy, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so keep the faith, keep working, keep uh, supporting uh, the people that you do, and uh, I know that America's future is going to be a lot better if we keep at it. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn, and thank you, thank you to all you in the Ripon Society who are here this morning. What a great crowd of pro-business people. A lot of energy in this room, and it feels so good. When I came in here, it felt good. Now I know why it feels so good after meeting and speaking with so many of you. I'm with you, Lynn. I don't understand how Kenny got in front of us, but I tell you, I am sure glad when Tom Reed came on that they didn't put him in front of me. I asked that question, is he going in front of me? And I frankly was a little upset that most of the time, alphabetically would be in black, you know, I get put in the front. Well, Berg got in front of me, B-E, and I'm B-L. I said, well, what's, I mean, what's the chance of that happening? Well, we have a, a, a great committee. Um, you all have seen that today. I'm going to tell you a little secret about uh, we three freshmen right down there in front is we have a really good time. Uh, Tom to my left and Rick to my, my right. Uh, one day uh, Tom got up and left, and we stole his uh, questions from his notebook. <laughs> and... When he came back into the committee and he was up, it was his turn. He was called on. He is going through his notebook frantically looking. And he did come up with some lame question. But <laughs> we, we, we have a great time. It's awfully hard when you're at the end of the line and everybody's asked all the good questions before they get to you. So we do have a good time. But we're a very serious group of people. And how proud I am. <laughs> a serious group of people. <laughs> How proud I am to be able to serve truly with um, really the finest that I believe that are in Congress. And so let me talk a little bit about the state of Tennessee. Um, I'm very proud to hail from the state of Tennessee. We are a right-to-work state. We are a pro-business, pro-growth environment there. Um, I'm proud to say that we are the lowest per capita tax burden in the entire country. We are also the lowest overall utility cost in the entire country. Um, we have no sales tax on industrial equipment. We have no state income tax. Um, we have been named the 13th friendliest state for small business by the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council, and we're 22nd in the U.S. in the business tax friendly by the Tax Foundation. So um, you can see why I'm so proud to hail from such a state. And despite all of that, we still have a 9.8% unemployment in our state. And so I have spent the last 11 months since being elected um, going out and speaking to our businesses, small, medium, and large. And I ask them, what can I do for you? And just like Adrian, most of them say, just get the heck out of my way. Stop putting mandates and stop putting additional taxes and more burdens on us. We know how to grow our businesses if you all in Washington will just leave us alone. But one thing they do tell me is that if I were to do anything for them, um, reforming the tax code would be very, very helpful um, to make it something that is simpler and fairer and flatter. And of course, at the corporate end, and um, we have both the corporate end and then also the small business end where there's a pass-through. So on both sides, they are very anxious to see that we do something with the tax code. And I will applaud our chairman in, um, over the last um, 11 months that we've been here. As has already been said, we have meetings once a um, once a week, uh, and those meetings are informative, 
the chairman believes we should know what the t current tax code says uh, before we reform it, and uh, I think that when we do get that opportunity, we will be well prepared. Thank you so much for being here today and giving me the opportunity to introduce myself. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. I come from upstate New York, western New York. It's the Amo Houghton Old District. Um, so I hail from Corning, New York. I have a small company with Corning Incorporated headquartered there. So we got some high-tech uh, areas. Uh, I represent the southern portion of Monroe County, which is the city of Rochester. So we got the, the high-tech uh, operations there. We got Corning in my backyard. But we also have a large agricultural base. And we have a, gr a thriving uh, wine industry. I'm spending the morning with Ed uh, talking about uh, uh, wine and Constellation Brands is headquartered in our district. And it's a big piece of our, of our uh, uh, district and an important piece of it. So, you know, all the good, as you go last and you're the least senior, all the good comments have already been made. So I'm not going to speak long. All I'm going to say is thank you very much, Senator. <laughs> Senator's learning right there. Um, all I'm going to say is it's an honor to be on Ways and Means. And, you know, we just got there a few months ago, and it is a great, great group of people uh, dedicated to the issues, dedicated to doing the work that is necessary to get this right. And that all starts at the top with Chairman Camp's leadership. He true, truly is a gentleman, truly is a guy that uh, I look up to and can rely on. And what I will tell you that I try to do every day is not engage in tax politics, but engage in tax policy. And I think you're seeing that in the freshman class. I think it's, it's more about policy, getting the substance right before we worry about politics. And I think that cultural shift in D.C. is good. And I think the freshman class has been a big part of that. And, I, uh, and I'm only optimistic moving forward that that culture will continue to become ingrained in Washington and will continue to do our part. So thank you very much, Lynn, for these laughs. And, this, and uh, when I serve coffee at the luncheon, you better be careful because you don't know what went in it. <laughs> Come on up here, Lynn. Thank you so much. Thank you to the society. Thank you, my friend. Uh, well, obviously, you can tell we have a lot of fun on the committee, but it, it, the, the uh, hard work that we have uh, in front of us is not lost on any of us. And uh, we will enjoy our work, uh, but we will be successful. Uh, only because we have folks uh, like the ones of you in this room uh, that will be a great resource for us and help us every step of the way. Uh, and I'm very confident uh, that together, uh, you folks and those of us that are on the committee uh, can get some really good work done in the Ways and Means Committee over the course of the next few years.